The AWS for Software Companies podcast, episode 16, Security Models and Organizational Best Practices with Executive Leaders from Arctic Wolf, BlackBerry Adhoc, and Hootsuite. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AWS for Software Companies podcast, where we speak to software leaders around the world about their journeys to the cloud, overcoming obstacles, and the role that Amazon Web Services play in their success. This week, we're sharing a panel discussion featuring Mohan Rao, Vice President of Cybersecurity Platform at Arctic Wolf, Ramon Panero, Vice President of Products and Services at BlackBerry Adhoc, Anit Carroll, Senior Director of Information Security and Product Privacy at Hootsuite, and moderated by Wayne Dusso, Vice President of Engineering and Product at AWS. All these leaders will be sharing their organizational best practices for resilient security models. We talk a lot at AWS around how security is priority zero. And we have a very specific view on security, and I'm sure each of your organizations do as well. And you know what I sometimes hear, actually often hear, is Security is approached in different ways in different companies. Sometimes it's centralized. Uh, sometimes it's distributed. Sometimes it's distributed without being aware that it's distributed. Uh, I don't think that's an uncommon model. And what I'd like to share with the folks in the room and with each other is how do we, how do we think about that in, in your respective companies? Like, how is security done? Do you have a central security team that's responsible for all security? Is that work shifted left? into the builders? Do they own security? What does that all mean? And, and I'd be happy to share some of the stuff that we do at, at AWS, but I'd like to start with you all. And I can go. So, so I guess like for us, uh, I mean, we are a security company, so we need to think about it from the ground up. So, so we do have a, uh, like a GRC organization that manages our risk register, right? But ultimately the security is the individual business units are accountable and own the security of their organization. What the GRC organization does is like every risk has a illustration as, hey, what would happen if this risk were exploited, right? They'll they'll score the security, right? They'll look on, on a couple of axes. So they'll say, here's the probability of this risk being exploited and here's the impact when that happens and that scores it. But each individual business owner takes that and is accountable for providing their mediation details and when they'll remediate it by, right? So, so while you know there's a full-time job to to manage the risk register, the actual accountability lies with the different business units. And just a clarifying question: when you talk about you know the risk, the set of risks, the register, um, is it a central organization that looks at those risks and uh, assigns those to the functional groups or the product groups, and they're responsible for validating that those risks have been addressed? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like it's 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 kind of quotes. There was. But some SVP of, of AWS made this quote, right? The best way to fail at something is to make it someone's part-time job. So it is a full-time job for some. That's a really, that, but that's a really interesting <laughs> perspective, right? So we can talk about what it means for it to be a full-time job versus a part-time job, and what it means for it to be a part-time job or full-time job when you're shifting security left and getting security into your offerings, you know, with every line of code versus every routine of test. Yeah, actually, they're very different. Yeah, like, like the, I think I think the distinguishing part is there's a management of the risk register and quantifying it, 
versus addressing security, which you do shift left, right? But you need to make sure that there's a centralized governance around it. Right? Interesting. What do you gentlemen think? Um, you know, within our organization, we have certainly the centralized function around compliance, around risk, around product security. Um, but we also have that embedded within our business unit and within specifically within developer teams. And so the model that has worked out for us, we deploy in highly regulated environments. So like kind of protected B, FedRAMP, uh, FedRAMP High, unclassified, classified networks within the Department of Defense within the United States. We've found a model that works, and it's this. We have product security team that's just dedicated on either emerging technologies or in-market technologies. And uh, they are assigned folks specifically to our development teams. And they work with the security experts that are on the dev teams. So this kind of conduit back to the centralized function. But folks that work every day, kind of week in, week out, so you get to know each other, right? And you have to have that chemistry and compatibility so that you're not seeing the centralized function as this overlord in the you know, office of no and can't do this, right? We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's totally relevant because they can, you know, we can be ultra secure and just get a bolt cutter and cut the network wire and fine, but we can't do any business, right? So there's a thousand ways to say no. There's maybe one or two ways to say yes. And our teams have the culture, if you will, to find the yes, right? To enable a business from on the code level uh, down to uh, security, product security for new things or things that are in market that you know pop up and compliance, right? And risk. So we found a model that works for us and we're stoked about it because we think security makes a difference mm. uh, from a selling standpoint. There's a CISO I, I spoke to from, from a company. Uh, I'll tell you the company's name in a minute. And, you know, folks come in all the time and they want to, you know, pitch their security products. A lot of them are great products. But the CISO's, you know, first question to any of those companies is to tell me, how is this going to sell more jeans? Now, the company was Levi's. Right? And the CISO was, you know, Levi's the CISO. And it was, and when I heard that the first time, like, that is the question to ask. How does this help the customer? I guess that brings me to, to our next question. So, and this is true, was true at AWS. I've been with AWS now for 11 years, so I've been there a while. And I would argue that this was true in AWS probably about five years ago, in that the security team, we call them, we have InfoSec and AppSec and NetSec. We have a bunch of security groups, and they're all important. Um, but AppSec is the one that is responsible for signing off on anything we launch. Anything. Anything. When I say anything, I mean anything. You cannot launch a line of code without it gone, having gone through AppSec. And uh, it was kind of the department of no. And the problem is, is that, you know, the teams would try to squirrel around them. Or, you know, they would come up with a bunch of findings. You know, they'd fuzz the protocol and go, hey, bit number on X. It's like, and, and the team's like, yeah, it's never going to happen. Now, in the fullness of time, the team was wrong. It always happens. So something happened along the way where we went from, I'm, I'm saying it like I don't know what happened, but I'm pretending I don't. Something happened along the way where the, the AppSec team went from the department of no to the department of yes, but. Better. They actually now today, I would argue, are the department of yes and, which is really much more comfortable uh, than, than where we used to be. So I kind of just gave a, a little bit of a hint on 
We've traveled the journey from no to yes. Uh, what about you guys? Was it a journey? It was a journey because um, not everybody was as familiar with um, the entire uh, spectrum of threats that are planned for by an organization. And why that's relevant is because when you're in the same room and you think about uh, cyber as a threat, power disruptions, utility disruptions, everything as a threat to the business and to the productivity, um, everybody gets on the same page. And with our version of AppSec, if you will, they were able to get on the same page because they saw the path to selling and understood even the process from quote to cash. So the Levi's CISO, it is a practical question because once, um, and I, I touched on culture, right? Once everybody uh, in the organization understands um, how do we sell more jeans, right? Through AppSec, they kind of naturally, this phenomenon occurs where they're naturally it's, it's yes and, mm. right? So how to mm. find the yeses? Um, because they all want to sell the jeans. <clears throat> Maybe I can chime in. I have been a security professional for a very long time, started in encryption years ago. I worked in an encryption company as a developer, then switched to the dark side, and now I'm telling people no. But I would say I am not that kind of uh, leader because I've been a developer for a very long time. So for me, it's always put the onus on the security. Like if somebody's asking something of you, there are ways to say yes. And there are always ways to do it. I, I observe that many security teams are a bit lazy. They just say, no, you cannot do that because I don't want to deal with it. But in fact, there are ways to accomplish anything. I think the messaging should be, yes, you can do it, and here's how. And I'll show you what to do, how to write your code, how to test it, and how to pass it. So I'm trying to bring that culture to Hootsuite, uh, interacting with the development teams. Uh, we have a security champions program we just launched. I know that Amazon has a similar program. I just uh, had a very good presentation from one of your colleagues, uh, security guardians, you guys call it. So similar, we are volunteering certain developers. They volunteer and they become our eyes and ears. We train them, we give them stickers, whatever. So they become security champions for us. So things are going a lot faster, a lot better. And I am trying to make the security team not the security team that says no to everything. It's more like, how do we work together and get this working so we can move forward, get better business. So far, it's been working fine. So it was not easy, but I think, yeah, I can say that we are not a team of no. Like I, I'm glad you mentioned the security champion. Like we have a very similar program. Like it was a journey, and then we have a security champion program. Like, let's face it, every developer is not a security expert, yeah. right? So, so you gotta train them up and you need to empower them, right? Like they need to be empowered when, you, when you're making a change, they can help you with your threat modeling, data flow diagrams, and, and they should be empowered to approve them, right? Because if, if, if they are not, then you go back to, you know, hey, the InfoSec department of no, mm -hmm. but they should be able to bring it back to your centralized security champion peer group to go and say, okay, let's go look deeper, wider, and so on, right? And, and they actually help us, like, like, you know, if you have a scan result and, you know, we find vulnerabilities, they'll help us prioritize it. They'll go, okay, this is what you should remediate right now. This is something that, based on the use case we have and what we know about the product, we can potentially defer. So, yep. so it's a partnership. They become allies. They yep. work with yep. you. And they don't hide stuff as much, so it's a good thing. I think even the milestone of being able to negotiate with your team, right, on the finding. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think that that's key. So I said I, I, I don't really know how we went from the no's to the yes buts and the yes ands. Now I'll tell you I think I might know. 
one of our most senior leaders, one of our executives, his responsibility is he's a gray hat. He's not a white hat, he's not a black hat, he's a gray hat. And he worries about everything we do from a security perspective. And he has an organization that also worries about it. But there's an expression that says that, you know, stuff rolls downhill. Um, when, it comes to this, when it comes to AWS, anyway, stuff rolls uphill. So this person sits at the top of the security organization. His name is Eric Brandwine. And if you want to look him up, he's a good person to know. And Eric, is the, I think, is one of the key people that turned the relationship between the development community and the security community into a relationship of yes and. I will give him 90% of that. Now, how is that true? Well, at AWS, security is so important that we have a CEO meeting every Friday on security questions, security issues, security things. It's a fascinating meeting that you never want to be in. <laughs> now, I wish I could say I've never been in that meeting. I'm in it a lot less often than I am than I was when I first got here. But what you learn from that is the level of executive support that you have for doing the right thing. And we all live in a world of conflicting requests. You know, uh, hey, your security needs to be second to none. Why the heck aren't the features out the door yet? You know, we're late, right? This happens all the time. Eric was that person who would broker the relationship. He would broker the culture. And no one really knew what he was doing. Because when, when Eric came down on you, um, it was like a ton of bricks. And folks would be scared. And they, would be, they wouldn't be happy. And one day, I kind of really got it. I got what his job was. And that, I was able to broker that information into the organizations saying, you misunderstand, Eric. He doesn't hate you. <laughs> he wants to improve the process. And through a lot of work, the relationship between the two teams became a, a yes and. So what type of executive level support versus ground up support do you have? And does that responsibility, does that stuff roll uphill? So you have very senior people thinking about security the same way that we think about security, that they think about security. You're a cybersecurity company, so yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's, it's a, like I, I do believe that you need the CEO. It's the care of the CEO that makes the security program successful. And it's very similar to what you just said. Like we, we have a Friday meeting and it's a non-optional meeting. Like the CEO is there, the CPO is there, CRO is there. Like, Everybody from the business organization that owns the risk is there. And it's not a meeting where action items are assigned to the security organization. It's a meeting where you have action items that you're telling the CEO on how you did in these action items, right? So, so it's not a, hey, let's give it to the security organization to do. You, you, you own it, and it comes all the way from the top. So. Mm. Just wanted to add one more point. So we do, in addition to that, we also have like monthly th thread briefings for a wider organization, because you also need to know, like the wider organization also needs to be aware of the threat landscape, right? Because you need to be aware of that. And so, so it's both. <laughs> Interesting, encouraging. I'd say so, and uh, that's the same in our organization as well, uh, from the CEO uh, to the president of our business, um, our head of uh, AppSec product security, 
think that when the president of the business, which is really just like an uber sales guy, can talk about the atomic level indications of compromise that we're dealing with for a customer or a finding that we have, it's reached a level of understanding and really a, a advances the conversation so we can get the funding we need or the resources that we need or the attention that we need because it kind of starts and end from security, especially when you you kind of stick the brand on it, if you will. Yeah. On my side, I think we have pretty good support. I mean, ABCs of security starts with governance. You have to have a governance that works. You cannot be under some department that nobody cares and you're just some cost item. So we do have regular uh, steering committee meetings, which is, I would say, half of them are C-level executives in my company. They're widely attended. We discuss, I have to report all the incidents, everything happened, the budget, the good things, the bad things. So the fact that they attend and they uh, provide feedback is great. I also am sensing that the business world is also moving towards a more compliance-based, security-based area, which also is changing the role of security from a cost item, IT guy sitting in the corner, to an enabler, a differentiator. So that also is helping a lot. So when we talk about security, people don't say, do we need 10 certifications? They ask, can we get more? So what can we do to uh, go to different markets in different parts of the world? So overall, I'm seeing security is becoming more a business driver and less of a uh, IT function, which in my case is actually uh, working quite well in terms of communication with the executives. The interesting thing, too, is, and this has happened over the last couple of years, is that the level of awareness for the importance of security, not just the discussion around security, but true security, has risen beyond security professionals. Um, again, we talk a lot about shifting left, and we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting closer. I would say we've shifted to the middle mm-hmm. at this point, maybe just a tiny bit <coughs> left middle, where because of the security practices or expectations that the security team has put in place and is supported by the executives, um, you end up with the vast majority of the folks that create the products thinking about security up front. And I think there's a lot more we can do there. You know, there's a whole conversation that we'd probably take um, an hour on alone in what generative AI will do for the space. Um, you know, I spoke a little bit about this in the keynote today around how every customer experience will change with generative AI assisting us in doing our jobs. I truly believe that. And this is one area where I think it can really help. It won't catch the leading edge stuff because the leading edge stuff we don't have a practice for yet. But so much of the work that we do isn't leading edge. It's well-known threats, And I look forward to when code is being written, and and this is, you know, you remember Clippy, when Clippy used to come up on the screen and (laughs) knock, knock, knock? We all hated that. Not a good idea. However, let's say a friendlier version of Clippy would come up and say, this is a well-known security risk in the way you're writing your code. Here's a piece of code you could use to take care of that problem. From an AppSec perspective, oh my lord, you would solve so many problems. You'd make the process much faster. So I think there's a lot to do in this space. Um, Having the right posture where the security team are the educators, they're not the the department of no. 
right? They're the educators. The developers aren't gonna be security experts. We look to the security team to tell us what should we be thinking about, right? And that type of knowledge can be built into generative AI products, into models that can be trained in order to get us to a point where the security team is looking at not the everyday threat that we should have already solved, but they're looking at what's coming down the pike. Because one thing we know is malicious actors, and I'll use a little Boston here, they're wicked smart, right? They're always going to be smart. And so we've got to stay in front of them, and we won't do it if we're looking at last year's threat. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the AWS for Software Companies podcast. For more conversations with global software leaders, subscribe to this podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please feel free to share these episodes on LinkedIn or other social media. Thanks again for listening.